All right, welcome back, pool fans from coast to coast. You are listening to American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is March the 17th, 2016, which means that it's St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all you guys out there. I hope you're having fun. I hope you're having a great day. hope you're wearing green. And I hope you be careful. You know what I mean? There's going to be some cuckoos out this afternoon, so uh, be careful. Don't want to read about you in the paper tomorrow. There's a lot of news in the pool world right now. Um, first, I guess we should probably send out some congratulations to Mr. Shane Van Boning for uh, winning the event, uh, the nine ball event in Kuwait. Yeah, yeah that was not probably not all that easy. Um, now, coming up next, Rum Runners. The Rum Runner uh, tournament is about to kick off out in Vegas. And um, also going on right now as we speak, the uh, 2016 U.S. Open three-cushion event is taking place in Hollywood at uh, Million Dollar Billiards. That's a, that's a big deal. Uh, there is a, an entire gamut of international players out there. So if you're a three-cushion fan, th- it, it's a big deal that this event's going on at all in the United States. So uh, you want to check in on that because uh, point, uh, POV Pool is streaming that. So that's, that's good stuff there. Um, also, uh, Rum Runners is coming up, about to kick off that. Uh, the ACS is having their Illinois State Championship. It's going on right now. It'll end up this weekend. And at the same location, they're also hosting the, uh, the 2016 Trick Shot Championship, or U.S. Open, is what they're calling it. Um, that's going on at the same venue. And we have to send a shout-out to Mr. Matthew Weber because uh, he's a 14-year-old trick shot uh, prodigy. Should I use the word prodigy? He's making his appearance, his first appearance uh, at a professional tournament out there. So good luck, Matt. I hope you do well and uh, stick with it, man. You know, you might not win it this time, but uh, you know, it takes a little time there. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, let's see. We've got the three cushion. Oh, well, you know, Chinese eight ball is going on right now as we speak, and Mr. Mike Howerton, one of our co-hosts, and uh, as you also know, uh, the ruler and king of the AZ Billiards world, he is in China as we speak, uh, covering that tournament. If you want to watch some of that, they are live streaming it on AZ Billiards. Um, that's a super duper competition. Chinese eight ball is hard. It's uh, not an easy game. So uh, yeah. Great pull going on there. Uh, we have to give some congratulations out to Mr. Skylar Woodward. He uh, won the Chinook Wins 8-Ball Division. We would also like to congratulate the WPBA for reintroducing their U.S. Open. And congratulate Ga Young Kim for winning that U.S. Open that's new on the calendar there. So, you know, this is a good year. We've got, like, there's four brand new, well, there's four additional events that we did not have last year. We've got this, the WPBA reintroducing uh, their U.S. Open. Uh, we have CSI uh, introducing, uh, reintroducing the 14-1 U.S. Open and uh, one-pocket U.S. Open. And now 
there has been just an announcement that uh, there is a WPA World 8-Ball event coming up. And a little bit later on in the show, Mr. Mark Cantrell got together with Mr. Jerry Forsyth, who will be the manager of that tournament. And they're going to talk all about the details and what has uh, transpired so far. So stick around if you want to find out more about the WPA World 8-Ball. That's going to be some uh, exciting, exciting stuff. I mean, this is a big event. Everybody loves 8-Ball. And we need, you know, North America really needs a world championship. So this is good stuff. The fact that this has been brought back out into the mainstream. So uh, let's see what else is going on. <laughs> I think that's probably about it as far as the headlines is concerned. Um, I do want to dwell on the fact that it's St. Patrick's Day for just a moment. Because as you may or may not know, the Irish have had everything to do with the development uh, with the development of pool uh, in the United States specifically our our billiard playing forefathers were greatly influenced by the Irish and most of them were Irish to be honest with you uh, the gentleman Michael Phelan uh, he basically redesigned the billiard table and we still play on billiard tables to this day <coughs> excuse me, that feature things that Mr. Michael Phelan introduced. The billiard history is is absolutely permeated with Irish influence. So if you have not, you know, if you're not aware of that, do a little reading. Uh, you know, the players, from the players to, de to the developers of the tables, to all kinds of things that have to do with the history of pool. The Irish have always been very much involved, and they are even to this day. So uh, it cannot be denied the role that they've played in all of this. As a matter of fact, um, I got a little story for you. You know, you guys know me well enough to know that I'm a history nut. And so uh, we're going to throw a little historical Irish story in there for you that has to do with pool. It was the year was 1868. Let me read this little paragraph uh, or this little miniature story to you that uh, was published in 1928, or excuse me, 1920. So just under 100 years ago, this story was published in Billiards Magazine. The writer was a gentleman by the name of A.L. Hardy. On January 21st, 1868... John McDevitt, champion of America. Now, this is, pause the story. John McDevitt, Irishman. He is, in 1868, currently the champion, the world, or the American champion of billiards. And he's decided to relocate from Indianapolis to Chicago. Okay, story goes on. January 1st, 1868, John McDevitt, champion of America, arrived from Indianapolis, announcing his purpose to henceforth make Chicago his permanent abiding place. A number of billiard fans, including local professionals, amateurs, all greeted him the same evening at Foley's Room at 153 Dearborn Street, 
were the billiard wonder of his time, was tendered quite an ovation. John McDevitt, Irishman, pool player, makes his appearance or makes it known he's moving to Chicago. A lot of Irish people in Chicago, so they're pretty happy about it, right? So, later that year, the story continues. Joseph Dion of Montreal, Canada, challenges McDevitt to play for $1,000. Now, you got to keep in mind, $1,000 in 1868, that's a lot of money. Like, it might be, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 grand, 50 grand. Now, it's a lot of money in 1868. So, the story continues. Joe, Joseph Dion, Joe is what they called him, Joe was one of the most optimistic fellows in the world, and he entered into the game with McDevitt on the evening of September the 16th, convinced of a victorious finish. It was, in many respects, one of the most remarkable contests in billiard history. During eight innings, Dion played a beautiful game, and he was 357 points ahead when McDevitt began the phenomenal run, which is still the record today. From that moment, Dion never had an opportunity to show what was in him. So far as he was concerned, he was no longer a factor. McDevitt manipulated the balls until he got them into position. Then, without a break, he proceeded to run the game out, piling up 1,460 points. The crowd shouting itself hoarse. While poor Dion, cue in hand, turned a chalky white as the referee called out the completed string of each hundred and finally declared McDevitt the winner. McDevitt was lifted on the shoulders of admiring friends. He was carried about the hall amidst, amidst a deafening uproar from the lusty throats and came within a hair of being stripped of all of his clothing while trying to fight his way out of the hall. <laughs> it was indeed a great day for the Irish. Yes, sir, there has been a huge influence on pool from the Irish people. And specifically in Chicago, they had everything to do with it. Now, here's the sad part of the story. Uh, John McDevitt, now this was 1868, champion of America. John McDevitt just smokes the hell out of Joseph Dion from Montreal. Great day. Great, wonderful match. Historic for the Irish. And about three years later, in 1871... Chicago caught fire, uh, and it just so happens that uh, John McDevitt was downtown in Chicago at Foley's room when the fire broke out, and that's the last time he was ever seen alive. Apparently, the Great Fire of 1871 took John McDevitt with it, with him, with it, with him, with it. Fire took John McDevitt's life, so he was no longer with us, thanks to that big fat fire, and it burned pretty much all of Chicago to the ground. So, <clears throat> not to give <laughs> a sad twist to a good story, but uh, he was uh, definitely a, a 
huge figure in the minds of the uh, Irish and the, and the pool players of the community. And he was taken down much too early. So, um, you know, here's the credit to the Irish on the one hand, and here's this tragic thing on the other hand. So it was kind of a mixed blessing. And let me go ahead and throw this in while I'm thinking about it. Um, I would like to go ahead and uh, dedicate the show today to Mr. Conrad Berkman. Um, if you were not aware, um, Conrad has been in the pool industry for, gosh, you know, 50 years, maybe. And he began his career as a referee. Uh, then he got into a tournament promotion. And you are probably most familiar with his role of being the proprietor of National Billiard News. Um, National Billiard News was the only publication covering billiards for for decades. And he was directly responsible for that. So we've lost Mr. Conrad. He has passed away. And uh, we just want to take a moment to uh, to recognize him for that. I do appreciate you doing that. And with that, we'll go ahead and uh, move on along to the rest of the show. Stick around. We're going to talk to uh, Mr. Jerry Forsyth of AZ Billiards about the brand new WPA World 8-Ball Competition. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report, and I am your host, Mark Cantrell. And uh, we've got a few things going on this week. Um, you know, there's a uh, China World Chinese Eight Ball that's going on. It's uh, a lot of people are out there playing, and we got some good news this week. Uh, there was a press release that came out, and uh, with the World Eight Ball coming back to North America, and so I reached out to my good friend, uh, Mr. Jerry Forsyth, who's going to be the event manager, or is the event manager, and so I've got him on the line with us. How you doing, Jerry? I'm doing fine, Mark. Good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, thanks for taking time to talk to me. Uh, I'm sure. sure you've been kind of busy. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, we've got a world championship, a WPA-sanctioned world championship in North America. Yeah, it's, that's been a goal for a long time. Uh, back when I was on the WPA board, we were trying to get a world championship in North America, and it just never seemed to come together. So I'm very excited that this is now happening. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess because we, we we've come we've come so used to world championships and high paying uh, tournaments being in Kuwait, you know, the United Arab Emirates, uh, China, and those kind of places, uh, mainly because it seems like those countries just got just a ton of money to put into things uh, that we don't necessarily have here. And so, is that you think that's been the main reason? Oh, sure. When you have the state that's willing to put up the money, and they get the money from the citizens, uh, they can spend that money any way they want to, and they spend it very easily. Uh, unfortunately, though. They have no loyalty uh, to the game. They can they evaporate as quickly as they come around. Uh, 
So it's any time an event is state sponsored, I worry about its longevity. You mean, is that because the, the, the government just pulls the money from it, or is there not a demand for it? They don't see no reason to do it. No, something something else comes along that catches their fancy. You know, maybe uh, for four or five years uh, you'll sponsor a world championship, and then you get the idea in pool, and then you get the idea to oh, let's do boat speedboat races instead. <laughs> and you know, there goes the pool. It's just. It's, it's really a matter of as personalities that are in power change, their priorities change. Right. Well, this, you know, just talking about the, the money being put up by the state and that, and that kind of thing, it's, um, you, you would know this. You've been around the, the World Pool Association for a long time. Is this the largest prize fund in, in North America? WPA sanctioned. Oh sure. WPA sanctioned. Oh sure. Yeah, absolutely. By far. And and it's a hundred thousand first place. Well, well, well. That's what that's what we believe to be the case. However, that has not been blessed by the WPA, and we cannot talk to Ian Anderson of the WPA in depth about details such as that until he gets back from China. He's got to get to Australia from China, and he won't be leaving there till early next week. So I can't set that in stone simply because we don't know if there's a WPA regulation on how prize funds have to be structured. Um, there was not when I was on the board, but that was a long time ago. And since then, they've had a lot of board meetings. They've voted on a lot of things that I am not familiar with. Uh, but what we do know is that there will be a total prize fund of 300,000 Canadian dollars and last I checked that was around 220,000 US. So it's going to be a rich rich prize fund. That's that's right. I keep uh, keep forgetting we, we got to convert the money from uh Canadian to US. Yeah. And so uh, and I think well obviously there's they're a little bit higher than us. I, I know what show, what's that show love, love it it's always in Canada. They've got these little uh, semi-detached townhomes and the $3 million and stuff like So there's something going on with that money. <laughs> well, you know, just a couple of years ago, they were on par with us. And then the American dollar started strengthening uh so heavily that it knocked all foreign currencies down. If you bet on the dollar a couple of years ago, you're rich today. Yeah, you've got to have, you've got to have that dollar in the first place. Just, I suppose that's what I missed my way. Um, yeah. Let me see. Um, look, let me ask you, how, how did this all start? Can, how long have you been working on it? Because I guess, did it just spring up overnight? Um, not exactly. Jim's been... Um, working on various sponsorships uh, for quite a while now. And uh, it all came to fruition about three weeks ago. Um, he, he has a, uh, a close, influential friend who has a lot of contacts in Toronto. And uh, he was able to, with his business interests, uh, put together a cadre of sponsorship uh, that's uh, that's definite, and um, 
we'll be announcing who they are uh, as soon as we get uh, some things tied up um, and, frankly, figure out some problems with announcing sponsors. <laughs> the, main, the main one being, I mean, it, as soon as you announce a sponsor, you have to worry about that sponsor getting 100 phone calls from other people begging money. Wow. And and it's really embarrassing to have that happen to your sponsor. Uh, you should maybe talk to Mike Zuglin sometime about the number of people, uh, so-called promoters, who have called Turning Stone looking for sponsorship. And they're just stabbing Mike in the back. And it's um, it's not a good thing. And we, we're, we're trying to figure out ways to avoid that. It's, it's almost... Uh... I think it's almost an impossible task, isn't it? Because you, you defeat the object of sponsorship, unless the people want to just remain anonymous. Um, well, no, there, there are things you can do. Major international companies, and that's the, that's the kind of people we're dealing with. Um, you know, you can announce the name of the company with, without announcing what portion of that company is actually providing the funds. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at at ways to protect our sponsors. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? I didn't even really think about that myself. That you know, uh, well, I, I guess I should have. I've, I've been around. I've seen. I've seen it happen. <laughs> it's happened to me. I've got a sponsor, and then all of a sudden, everybody else is calling them. So yeah, um, exactly. But I, I guess you, you know, and, and to get to. The stage, an international company, it's hard as hell just to get a hold of the person who can make a decision on it. You have to go through too many people, and Jim's obviously uh, been doing it for a while, and he's got the right guy, so he can get the direct contact. So hopefully, you know, that's a, it's a good idea to protect the sponsoring. By the way, we're talking about Jim White, who works alongside Jerry at the Moscone Cup doing announcements and uh, all, all around fabulous guy and a good friend of uh, a, a good friend of mine and Jen Jerry's um, let me see could this do you think could do you think this could be the start of something big in North America well this event will certainly be around for years to come um, now whether the game can build momentum off of that is something that we're working on because that's certainly one of our goals. So we're right now we're in the in the throes of video production details because we want this to be seen by the largest possible audience, and we want to make sure that we broadcast the right matches. Um, we don't want people uh, turning off the TV set because the match is boring. So. You know, there, there are a lot of things that have to be worked out. You've got to figure all this stuff out a long time before the tournament starts. Um, but we would love to see this help repopularize the game in the United States. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. I, I think where the, there's so much uh, risk, and, you know, I'm being, um, I guess I'm being negative. You guys have figured out how to do it and uh, have, have got it. You know, pretty much set to go in. What do you say? Is it uh, sometime in mid-August? Uh, yes, yeah, middle of August. We'll announce the exact dates as soon as we have 
settled the broadcast details because that's one of the things that we don't know yet is exactly how many days we want to broadcast. Uh, it's it's where's your cutoff point? You know, do you want to do you want to see the final four? Do you want to see the final eight? Do you want to see the final sixteen? Um, what's the best deal um, for the game? And you know, maybe there's some value in rarity, which would say let's just do the last four. But we know there's value in saturation, which says let's do the final 16. Is there a middle ground like the final eight that would be better? All that's got to be put on the scales and weighed. And and we're not. I guess we we're talking about you know obviously you've got your uh, streaming live streaming that uh, everybody's you know, the standard streaming and pay per view, but. Maybe if there's a, a, a TV that's selling it on to t- television around the world is also something that could potentially make money. And I, I spoke to Jim White the other day, and he's like, you know, I just want to make this happen. I'm be, making money is not my focus. I just right. yeah, obviously just but, don't want to get hurt. But but frankly, it is my focus <laughs> because <laughs> as the event manager, I'm I'm not going to be. Associated with a money losing event. Well, the, the thing is, with the t- TV stuff, maybe that's where we'll get more of these big events if there is an avenue to sell it to TV, and then that way people are willing to pop money because they're getting more exposure. You know, the sponsors and that kind of thing. Sure. So, and there's and there's already been uh, some. Traction in the pool world, not as, not, none of it has been necessarily as big as what we're talking about here. But the the ladies U.S. Open got revitalized. Um, there's um, I think there's two or three new. If oh well, there's the yeah U.S. Open one pocket uh, U.S. Open straight pool that's there as well, and and this one. Uh, you know, those are not on the same scale. I don't think they're not even close as far as payout, prize fund, but it's four new events. Yeah, already this year, which, if you remember, not too long ago, everybody was crying in their beer saying there's not enough events to going away. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Mark Griffin's to be given a lot of credit for sticking his neck out and introducing two new events. That's That's fantastic. So, um, your partner in crime is over there in China. Uh, he yes, he is. <laughs> Mr. Mike Halliton. Um, yeah. I'd love to see that guy operate some chopsticks. I swear I would. I can, I can only imagine that. He's probably, you could put that on pay-per-view and be hysterical. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've been emailing him, and uh, he's not getting a lot to eat. Um, have you ever been to China? No. It can be very upsetting to the Western stomach. That's you know, why. That's why I've heard. It's, it's lovely food if you're used to it, <laughs> but Mike is not used to it. So, uh, you know, he, not? he would be, he would love for someone to spring up with a Taco Bell next to the arena, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, I I'll tell you a, a, a story that well, I don't know if it's that funny or not. You know, Phil Wyndham. Sure. Down at Chattanooga. Um, yeah. 
came and Nick Vaughn had gone over to China for, uh, you know, it was a tournament or something. They were, they were over there. And uh, it was their first night there. And they're wandering around and saying, well, it's almost time for dinner. What do, you, what, what do you think we should have for dinner? And Nick said, well, I don't know. What do you think? You think what, some Chinese food? <laughs> anyway, he wasn't saying it. He was thinking, you know, should we get Italian, McDonald's, some Chinese food? You're in the middle of Bangkok and you're wondering what to eat. So, um, I just, well, Bill probably had a hard time over there because he's a meat and potatoes guy. Right, right. Well, uh, we we don't know anything yet about the you'll be announcing the sponsors. Um, the date will be mid August. Right. We know we know what the prize fund will be. We just don't know how it's going to be distributed. Uh, right. You know how far how deep you're paying and so on. Um, Correct. And we don't know anything about broadcasting, whether it be pay per view TV or ESPN three. So those things, it sounds like you got your work cut out for you, my friend. Uh, our work is cut out for us. I would like to mention one thing. I don't know if you guys have covered this on previous episodes of ABR. You know the uh, Atlantic uh, Challenge Cup is going to be held in America this year. And uh, Mark Griffin, good guy, has volunteered to uh, stream it uh, at no charge, stream it for free. He's sending his equipment, his crew, all the way up to Chicago at his expense to uh, broadcast this Moscone-style uh, competition between juniors, uh, European juniors versus American juniors. AZ Billiards is supplying uh, all the commentary staff. So uh, we're excited to be a part of it, and uh, I think uh, Mark Griffin does, and, and CSI deserve a lot of credit uh, for coming out of pocket the way they are for this event. You know, I'll tell you, uh, so, you know, everybody, you either love people or you hate them sometimes, and uh, Griffin's got, uh, he gets a bad rap sometimes, and a lot of people don't realize a lot of things that CSI do, or that he does, in the background that nobody sees. You know, there's still a lot just, of that. I, I, I didn't know that they were doing that. Uh, I knew about the Atlantic Challenge Cup. Um, Dave, Dave Bond is, uh, you know, the producer of American Billiard Radio. He's really into it. I mean, mm-hmm. he's really, he's really into, into this. And so I believe we'll be doing a lot more, uh, coverage as, as we get closer. When is that, by the way? It's the week before the trade show, uh, in July. Uh, boy, I don't have the dates right in front of me, buddy. Um, I think it's the, I think it's the ninth through the eleventh, but uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, and they did. Where, where are they? Where are they doing it? Oh, are they doing it at Wyndhamwood? Uh, no, they'll be doing it at the the trade show hotel, the Renaissance uh, Hotel there in uh, Schaumburg, Illinois, right outside Chicago. It's the same place where the trade, the BCA trade show will be the, the following week. It's also where the Junior Nationals are going to take place the following week. So there's a lot of activity there that week. Now, you, you how uh, how fluid enough and knowledgeable are you about all the the junior things that are going on? Uh, you need to find Sam Deep. 
yeah. <laughs> talk to her <laughs> because I know about the uh, the cup, but I don't know much. In fact, I don't know anything about the junior nationals except that uh, it's always a great event. I, I, I ask you that because I really don't keep up with that kind of thing either, and I probably should. But from what I'm seeing, it seems like there's been a, a huge movement in the junior. Uh, well, uh, well there should be. There should be. I mean, that's our future. And if we don't put some fertilizer on the young plants, they're not going to grow into be, <laughs> be big, strong plants. So uh, we need to do as much as we can for the junior game. Uh, you know, I tried years ago to get pool room owners to do local junior events in their pool rooms because they could get local publicity. I mean, all you got to have is a $20 trophy for the winner. It doesn't cost you anything to have a tournament for June for kids in your pool room. I mean, in your, uh, in your, in your retail showroom uh, or your pool room. And you would get local press because it's kids, for crying out loud. And it would be, you know, a good little 20-second uh, local TV blurb. Uh, they would love to have that kind of content. And everybody I talked to was excited about it, and nobody held even one. Mm. So it's frustrating. But, but at some point, you have to step back and say, okay, where's our future? Well, our future is in the youth. Yeah, I've seen the fact Lenny had put something on the uh, AZ Billions forums uh, about something – along those lines about setting something up for for juniors in pool rooms. I think uh, the, some of the responses were that, <clears throat> that you, you've got to be 21 to go into some of the pool rooms, you know? Well, some of them, yeah, but not, I mean, that's, there's still plenty of pool rooms available that kids could go into. Right. Well, hopefully, and the ones that say you have to be 21 to go in, well, that's if you're not accompanied by your parent. Well, hopefully the parents would have enough interest to accompany their child to the tournament. Right. Yeah, I've, you know, seeing, I've, I've been to a couple of junior events in the past, seem like they're all into it, and, you know, uh, probably because they're, you know, they're play, the kids are probably playing pool because the parents play pool as well. So, um, yeah. you know, it's not, uh, well, it's not disconnected. I would encourage your listeners, if they've never seen a junior event, at least watch the stream of the Challenge Cup. You're going to be amazed at how well these young people play. Uh, at the Junior Nationals last year, I was watching this little seven-year-old kid who could barely see over the edge of the table, and he never missed. I mean, just everything went right in the heart of the pocket, just bam, bam, bam. And he was running racks. It's, it, it just I, My jaw was dropping. <laughs> and then I got him. Then I got embarrassed and left. Well, yeah. I'll tell you another little quick story about juniors. I was at a junior event, and I was with Karen Core and Nick Varner. Yeah. And they were all playing in a a, a junior state championship, and it appeared to be a good idea to have two Hall of Famers and world champions, a, a man and a woman, because there was girls playing as well, and there's junior event. It wasn't, it wasn't separated by sex. It was all together. Right. <laughs> and uh, it'd be a good idea if we walked around and uh, introduced them to the kids. 
you know, seems right. like a nice thing to do. So we went around, we went to a couple of tables, and, you know, while we were playing and stopped and said hi, and we get to this one, and there's this young girl there, I know maybe she was uh, maybe nine, nine, ten years old. Yeah. And I said, hi, how are you doing? You having fun? And she looked at me like she was going to kill me. And yeah. <laughs> then looked at, down at the ground and said, this is Karen Kaur and Nick Varner. They're Hall of Famers. They're world champions. And we just wanted to come by and meet you. And she turned away from me. She started, so she turns away from me. I said, are you okay? And she, now she's glaring at her. It might be her brother. I don't know. It was a boy who was next to her. And with a look of fear. And I said, what's, what's going on? I told to the boy now, what's, what's wrong with it? She just shy. She, and then she turned, she said, I'm not allowed to talk to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, let me, let me sum up what I want to say about um, this event coming up, World 8-Ball. Okay, yeah. It's going to be a 64-man field. There'll be the best 64 players in the world um, competing for a great prize fund. And... The venue is Jim's Club, the Corner Bank in Toronto on Warden Avenue. And it's a fantastic venue. The viewers will not know that this place is so large, the viewers will not know they are inside a sports club uh, because we'll have a pit similar to the U.S. Open pit that you're familiar with or the Moscone Cup pit that you're familiar with and fan seating lined up all the way around that. So that's what the viewers will see at home. Um all the details on this are being covered. We're not leaving anything to chance. Um, so there is a is it bleachers or something like that. It's going to be a set where people can come and watch. Oh yeah, now it's it's probably will hold 150, maybe 200 people. So tickets are going to be at a premium, uh, but you can watch it at home very easily on the stream. And um, I, th I think it's it's, it's going to be just a fantastic event. We it uh, we're leaving the the prize fund untouched. We're not sucking any money out of it to pay anybody's hotel room or travel cost. Um, and it, um, it you know it's it's it should be a great prize to shoot for. Yeah, and you've got uh, I haven't. I haven't been to the corner bank. Jim watches me. He's been open for a little over a year, I guess. And uh, he's been mad. I keep saying he's doing all kinds of things. He's a, a great. He's really good for the game. You know. Yes, he is. He, he's, well, he's always been good for the game. You know, with just the, the way he is. But with having his own pool room, now he's able to just do all the promoting he wants to do, or right. can afford to do. Should I say? Right, so that's uh, that's good. And, and like I said, have, have you been there yet? No, I'm looking forward to going. Yeah, I, I keep uh, thinking I'm going to work out. I'll get up there sometime. Uh, but I, I do have a little bit of a question. It's just a, it's, a, it's a little bit negative, but it's something that's there. Um, Go ahead. Can, can Canada has some very strict uh, immigration laws? Um, yeah. yeah. One of the immigration laws, I mean, they, they don't like, they won't let you in the country if you've ever had a felony. Uh, Correct. Things, things like that. I'm wondering, is that, is that going to 
I think there's one even if you're behind on child support, they won't let you in. There's something like that. Uh, or DUIs, they won't let you in. Do you think right. that's going to be an issue with any of the 64 players? That's not a lot of players. But. Well, if it does, we'll go to the next guy on the list. Um, you know, there's nothing we can do about Canadian law, immigration law. Right. And they are they are strict. You know, if you've got a felony on your record, oh, I'm sorry, you can't play. You know, so some of the players, what they may want to do, who have been, is it all invitational, all 64? No, they'll be qualifiers. But okay. the but the when you sign in for the qualifier, uh, before you pay your entry fee, you'll sign a form, and that form will be informing you of that restriction. So, um, yes, yeah, you know, it, you know, and, 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 now that's 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 the restriction that was. There, uh, golly, six years ago, uh, frankly, that's one of the things I haven't checked yet to see what their current immigration laws are. I'm sure it's online. Right. Um, and perhaps uh, it's one of those things where you can come in for you know, a vacation or uh, a limited time but not stay. Uh, so I'll have to check all that out. Um, right. Yeah, any player who's uh, yeah, planning on going, who's got an invite, should probably just check in with for themselves. So, that, and, and for you guys, you know, so that it's not the day before the tournament starts and that they can't spend their airfare and their hotel money and they can't, they're not allowed in. So it might be right. uh, wise for people to take their own precautions on on well, that. Yeah, they will be given cautions from <laughs> us. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess uh, our friend, uh, this is coming from Earl, so I, how much truth there is, I don't know. Uh, but he was having a problem getting into Canada. Um, and it wasn't because of a felony or anything else. Basically, when he went in, they asked him, you coming over for work or vacation? And he said vacation. And I guess, and this is years ago, I guess he ended up winning a tournament that was on TV there. And uh, so they knew he was making money, and uh, they had a problem with, with him lying, saying he wasn't there to work. He was working, I guess, illegally in, in their eyes. So, <laughs> he, he well, had we, we, we don't suggest that anyone lie to immigration. No, no, <laughs> no. He, uh, like you say, he just said he was going on vacation, and then after, you know, if it's one thing, if you're like a ditch digger, and you say, "Yeah, I'm going on vacation," but you're not on TV either when you're digging ditches. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> anyway, although I, I, you know, I've been going back and forth to Canada for 20 years, and so have many of the players, and I've never known anyone that's had a problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm, surpri I'm surprised you haven't had a problem, to be honest with you. I mean, just looking, uh, at, yeah. just looking at you, he looks suspicious, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robert Duval. Okay, J Jerry, thank you so much for your time. I'll let you get back to your uh, family life. And uh, where, where are you now? You're in Georgia, right? I'm in northwest Georgia, the garden spot of the world. You ought to see this place right now. Our red buds are in bloom. Cherry trees are coming out. The wisteria is coming out. It's, I mean, there's just the, the forsythia bushes are in full rage. It's absolutely gorgeous. 
What 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 crop do you have going right now that's in season? Well, nothing right now. We're getting ready to plant. Oh, okay. We don't we don't grow in the winter. We'll we'll be we'll be planting the corn and the uh, tomatoes and the peppers and the you know uh, all this the um, what's my favorite food spinach <laughs> and the lettuce and all that coming up in the next few weeks potatoes all that stuff. Yeah, life. You got you got the life of Riley out there. So. Um, happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, go go get Thank yourself you. go get yourself wicked up on those Irish car bomb drinks that I am slamming drinks with the wife. All right, um, buddy. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for the information and thank you for what you're doing. And, and good luck. I hope everything uh, works out. If there's anything we can do, just let us know. I will. And remind your viewers that uh, all details, as they are finalized, will be announced on the front page of AZ Billiards, so they can keep up with the event right there. Absolutely. You just did it. Thank, thank, thank you very you. much, Jerry. You take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there we go. We, uh, we've got the information as we have uh, have it, as the, the event manager and the promoter have it at this point. It's uh, really close. I think it's a little bit of details that uh, I don't want to say they're hard to work out that, or they're easy to work out. But with the experience that those guys have, you know, I, I know that they'll be able to get everything done and uh, in a timely fashion and a professional manner. So thank you all for listening. That's it for this week. And I will speak to you next week. Take care.